0: Hi there, and welcome to Proverbs 31 wannabe, where we discuss biblical womanhood in our constantly busy and sometimes crazy daily life. I'm Alexis Heeslip, and as a wife and mother of two, I am always striving and praying to be a Proverbs 31 woman of faith. Today is going to be such a good topic. I am so excited because today we are going to be talking about how Jesus um, face temptations and how we can learn from Jesus to tackle the temptations that will inevitably come our way. So let's dive on in. I am so excited to talk about this because this is something that we can teach our children and it's going to be great. So let's dive on in, y'all. Okay, guys, this is going to be exciting and May be surprising to you, so let's dive on into how Jesus was tempted. We are going to turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And this uh, passage of scripture can also be found in Luke chapter 4, but today I want to look at Matthew. And here we are going to see Jesus being tempted because Jesus was fully human as well as being fully God. And see how he responds. So I'm going to start. And it's Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. So let's begin the scripture passage. The temptation of Jesus. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of god tell these stones to become loaves of bread but jesus told him no the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of god then the devil took him to the holy city jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said if you are the son of God. Jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. Next, The devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, And angels came and took care of Jesus. Wow, wow, wow. What powerful verses and what appropriate verses these are in our time of Lent in preparation for Easter. I don't know about you, but I feel like this is just such a relatable passage because I have definitely been tempted more than once in my life. I don't know about y'all, but temptations have come my way in many ways, shapes, and forms. And, you know, I love how there are these three different types of common temptations that the devil tried to come after Jesus with that we face all the time. So I'm going to dive into these Break these temptations down. And then we are going to see how Jesus responded to these temptations. It's going to be great. So we see that the devil goes after the physical weaknesses first. Jesus, just like the uh, Israelites in the desert, there's a lot of parallels to that um, in this passage He fasted. He was hungry. He didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was hungry. I can't even go 10 hours without getting hangry if I haven't had anything to eat. So imagine 40 days, no food. You're tired. You're hungry. You're wasting away from starvation. And the devil goes, hmm, let me go after the physical temptations first so he tells jesus look if you're the son of god see hear that that was like a taunt wasn't it he's like ha ha you're probably not even capable of doing this he was trying to egg jesus on and he said take these stones and make them loaves of bread and jesus came back with the word and it's funny because these verses um that he quotes to counteract what satan has to throw at him mostly come from deuteronomy um so he quoted that and he said you know man does not live by bread alone so jesus says i don't need bread to be sustained I have my father in heaven. I don't know about you, but food is something that I can, this temptation with food is something that I can really relate to. Food is something that has always been one of my uh, weaknesses, one of my go-tos for temptations. Um, And the reliance that I have, as well as so many of us have on food in an addictive way, can really make us stray f- from the need that we have, that we should be seeking in God. Whenever I feel sad or angry or lonesome my go-to used to be food. I used to turn to food for comfort instead of turning to the Lord. So this verse is a, a, a great reminder that food should not be the source of our comfort. The Lord should be the source of our comfort. And that's just been really powerful to me. I still struggle with food to this day, but this is a beautiful uh, reminder to us that God is the source of everything. God should be our our go-to, not s- material objects. It doesn't even have to be food. It could be the iPad. It could be the internet. You could replace food with anything else. But the point is, is it's not the physical stuff that matters. It's God that matters and our relationship with him. And I just think that that is why the the devil just uses the physical things to try to turn our attention away from God, because it's so easy for us to get distracted by the physical things. So that's how the the first way Jesus was tempted. Now we're going to move on to the second way. And the second way that Jesus was tempted, just like you and I get tempted all the time, is that he was trying to test the words of the Father, of God the Father, by questioning what he said, if it's actually true or not, which that's pretty ballsy of the devil, if I do say so myself. But it's also, when you think about it, expected of the devil to do something like this. Because he's done it before. If you go back to Adam and Eve, that is exactly the type of tactic that the devil used to convince Eve that God didn't, the father didn't actually mean what he said. And it planted that seed of doubt, which caused Eve and Adam to commit the first sin. So that is exactly what the devil is trying to do, Jesus he is trying to confuse Jesus, to manipulate the words of God the Father, and to get him into doing the complete opposite of what God the Father wants for him. By, and he uses scripture passages to try to do that. And I think this just shows another one of Satan's go-to tricks, just like with physical objects. I don't know about you, but I have especially recently heard a lot of different um, pushback on different different um, discussions on homosexuality in the Bible as well as abortion in the Bible. And people are trying to use certain verses in Scripture to say that, oh, no, did God... did did God really say that these things are wrong? And then they try to use scripture to manipulate it for their own being and their own agenda. And that is such a dangerous thing. And it's something that's becoming more and more common. And it's not the first time that that's um, happened. For example, people tried to use the Bible to justify slavery um, in the South. And our God is a God of love. And people used try to use the, the Bible to put other people down all throughout time. And that's just not right. We are supposed to love our enemies. We are supposed to love everyone because everyone is our neighbor and God is the creator of everyone. And because we are fallen by nature this is just a way that Satan can plant seeds of doubt in our hearts, plant seeds of hate in people's hearts and if you're not diligent in your prayer life to to God it can be um, scary how easily other people can can become misled or yourself can become misled in misunderstanding the context and the true meaning of a scripture passage. So this is just an eye-opening example and an eye-opening tactic that the devil can try to use to get people to turn the twist and turn and manipulate the truth of the message of God so that their own agendas can be met. And then we see a third way that Satan tries to tempt Jesus. And this is one that I think a lot of people can relate to as well. And that is promising him power, promising him to be the ruler of the world, Promising him everything if Jesus just bows to him. This is just something that is so relatable today. So relatable. And it's something that's been going on for a very long time. Everybody wants to rule the world. In some way, shape, or form, whether it's their own little bubble or like an entire country. Take Alexander the Great, for example. He wanted to literally rule the whole known world at the time. And he went out and he conquered everything in his path. But no matter how much land and how many people he conquered, he was never satisfied you can take a look at the civilization of Rome, and, th- and you'll see the same thing. No matter how much control the, Roman- the Romans had over the world, they still weren't happy. They were always looking to be in control of something more, more, more. Because they didn't have God in their lives. You can also look at people like Adolf Hitler or Stalin and see the same evil and control that uh, power can put on people. It's like they're blinded by being in control and having domination and ruling over people that... They don't stop to think who and what is really important. But Jesus, Jesus did not cave to that temptation because he remembered the scriptures and he looked at Satan. And he said, you get away from here because he remembered that you must worship the Lord your God and only serve him. And you see, those three temptations that Jesus faced, the physical temptations, the temptation to test God's authority, and the temptation to, to feel as if you have the power and not God, those are things that we all face every single day. And Jesus responded in a way that sets the example for all of us. But, okay, he set the example, he set the bar. So what are some things that we need to do so that when we face a temptation, we can respond like Jesus? Let's find out. Okay. So, the first thing that we can do to respond to temptation the way like Jesus did is to have a great prayer life. Without prayer, how can we know what the will of God is for our life? We can't. We have to have that relationship with our Father in Heaven so that he can guide us and help us and respond to us when so that we can live a life that reflects his will. And when we have that relationship, when a temptation does come our way, we can then turn to him and ask God the Father for strength. God the Father for encouragement. And we can even turn to other believers in our lives so that they can pray for us through these temptations that will come our way. So that's the first thing that we can do is that we can have a strong prayer life to guard us from falling to these common temptations. The second thing that we can do is we can read the Bible and Hide God's word in our heart. Instead of just reading it to read it, we can read it for a purpose. And by between prayer and reading the Bible, we can be set on the path to, like Jesus, know what the scriptures say so that we can say, get behind me, Satan. Get out of here, Satan. You're not going to come in here today. No, ma'am, you're not. And we can cast him out whenever a temptation comes our way. You can say the prayer when you feel that temptation coming on. You can say, Lord, help my heart. Help me to be strong. Help me to stay in your will. And I cast this temptation from Satan out. And that's powerful. And the last thing that we can do is that we can be reminded of how Jesus handled these temptations and we can turn to him for help anytime, anywhere because we know that because Jesus was fully man, he experienced and he understands exactly what we're feeling and that's so beautiful that our God loved us so much that he wanted to understand what temptation was like so that when he went and he was in the garden praying, he understood the weight of suffering that he was about to take on so that we could be saved. And I think that's just beautiful. He knew what we would be facing. He knew that we would struggle every single day with different temptations that come our way. And he loved us so much that he was willing to die for us on the cross so i just am so relieved that we have this example about what to do when temptations come and they will come and they come in many forms but we can now know how to be prepared what to do when we face a temptation and who we can turn to for help Lord, thank you so much for this amazing and powerful passage in Scripture, for showing us that even though temptations will come at us, and they can come at us in many different forms, that we can look to your Son Jesus as the perfect example for how we should handle these temptations that come into our life. Thank you so much, God. For allowing your son to experience what we experience every single day. So that when he went to the cross, he knew the weight. He knew the urgency. He knew the beauty that was about to take place so that we could be redeemed. As we approach Easter, as we finish up this time of Lent, Lord, I pray that our focus can be turned sharper, and our vision can be placed on this redeeming love that you have given us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Proverbs 31 Wannabe. We hope you enjoyed the program. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, find us on Instagram and Facebook, and check out our website at www.proverbs31wannabe.com. We would love to hear from you, especially in the comments. I would love for you to comment on our recent posts and hear how you pray when a temptation comes your way. Be sure to come back next week as we discuss one of the most beautiful prayers in the Bible, the Our Father. Until then, this is Alexis Heeslip, and I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day. God bless.